to Enterprise. Lock on transporters. Beam is up. Scotty. If everything goes according to plan, come beam us up. Captain, beam me up. Hello and welcome to Popping Up Scotty, a podcast where we re-watch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I'm Ushin. And I'm Andrea. And today we are talking about episode three of Star Trek Enterprise, Strange New World. In this episode, the crew of the Enterprise encounter a new planet and ignoring to Paul's objections, Captain Archer sends a team to explore the planet before learning of its properties. So, Andrea... Yes. I had completely forgotten about this episode, despite only watching it for the first time maybe a few months ago. What were your mm-hmm. third impressions of this episode? <laughs> um, I had forgotten about it until they were talking about going down to the surface. And then I was like, oh, okay, I know which one this is. And it's one, I think it's one that I remembered once I knew which episode it was. Like I knew what was going to happen at the end. And I think it's because it's a first encounter with a new planet that could inhabit humanoid life forms. But it's not one of my favorites. Like I did, I was like, I mean, they're drugged. (laughs) Yeah, it is though very trip centric, but. He is a bit yes, of a dick. he's my baby. Yes, he's a dick. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed this episode. I feel like it's a very generic Star Trek episode. You know, agreed. You know, it's episodic. They hit all the beats of a new planet, and something weird happens. There's nothing stand out about it. But I enjoyed it. It's a good episode of getting to know the crew a bit more, I suppose. Yeah, and also. Not so much the crew, because we really only meet two new people from the crew. But also the dynamics between the, like, um, oh, forgot her name. The the bug expert. Oh, <laughs> uh, I have her name written down. Colmer? Cuddler. Cu- uh, yeah, that that one. That lady. Uh, let me think what I was saying. Um, oh, yes, especially Colmer. Called Cutler. Cutler. I forgot. Cutler. Okay. That's fine. This is my rewatch, okay? <laughs> um, I'm going to take it that she does not become a regular. Uh, no. <laughs> um, uh, especially when uh, Comer. Why is it? Why is it Comer? It's not Comer. <laughs> I hate it. Especially with Cutler wanting to come close to T'Pol and Trip being like, that's like talking to a wall, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I think it uh, sheds light on the dynamics also in the ship. Like Trip is obviously her superior, but like, I, I would say Reed may be more unapproachable that way as a superior than Trip. Like Trip is like, ah, oh, don't worry about her. She's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I like the light that is shed on the relationships 
how how the dynamics um, work. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that stood out for me about Cutler is that she is disappointed when T'Pol tells her, oh, I actually only picked you because of your, you know, expertise. That's a good thing. Like, she's, you know, she's acknowledging your field and your quality yeah. at it. And you're like, oh. <laughs> it's just, like, how many opportunities is she going to get to go down to a new planet? As a bug expert, you're not top of the call sheet for an expedition down to a new planet. Yeah. I think, listen, and this is me, I am biased and I'm looking too much into things. But it could be seen as she has a crush on T'Pol and she would have liked to be seen as a companion instead of like an asset scientifically. Yeah. I'm just looking into it from a gay perspective. <laughs> but that conversation isolated feels like Cutler has a crush on T'Pol and she's like, oh, I'm so excited to spend time with you and go down to a new planet. Only to, for T'Pol to be like, I don't feel that way about you. You're literally just here for your brain. And that's I think that's why she's disappointed in my head. And that's why I like doing this podcast with you and talking about these things with you, because you do come in with the gay perspective, which I value. And I think that's a valid reading, yes. I think. Also known as the gay agenda. And I think, I think that makes sense that she... I, I'm willing to go with Cutler secretly in love with T'Pol. I mean, they said a crush, and you went for in love, but yes. No, I'm going full hog, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I'm curious to see how uh, that, uh, that, I mean, obviously it won't have any bearing, but I, I would like to hope that there's some sort of Cutler jealousy on the horizon, because again, we see massive uh, sexual tension between T'Pol and Trip in the cavern. There's a moment where, oh, at the end of the episode... When T'Pol is filling Trip in on like how he threatened her, and there's a glint in her eye and like a little smirk on her face, the way she says something about splitting me in two. <laughs> I thought so too. And it's like just be Mayweather and Cutler up and just leave them to just resolve yeah, the just, sexual tension. Just give them two more hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed T'Pol in this episode actually because I really. I liked how they played on the Vulcan lack of emotion and played it as sinister. Because in that situation, it would be very easy. It is very easy to to see T'Pol as being sinister. And even before you know that they're being drugged, I remember the first time I was watching it thinking, is T'Pol up to something here? Like, because it's played very well. Yeah. Yeah, I remember from the first time watching i also remember doubting it but i th i remember thinking they wouldn't make her the bad person so early in the season they would make you trust her more and then she would be like i'm actually conspiring against this ship yeah plus they've already made reed the bad person exactly he's the british one um but yeah no that that last conversation was hot it was very, very hot and steamy. They were pretty sweaty already from, you know, yes. apparently paranoia makes you really sweaty. So, yeah, must have been pretty hot in that case. Even with a windstorm outside. Yeah, exactly. Um, the dynamic as well, I think the main dynamic at the heart of this episode, that starts off as the main dynamic, but then it kind of fades away because it's overtaken by the 
hallucinogenics and drugs, but I think the main conflict in this episode is between Archer and Paul. Yes. In that she wants to do all these protocols and make sure the planet is safe to visit, and he's being very American and saying, no, 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 let's just go. We'll wear our baseball caps and get some photos. It'll be great. Yeah, so about this, I did want to mention something. Okay. Um... So, we talked about this in previous episodes, that you are a logical person and sided with T'Pol previously on some of the things that she mentioned to the captain that he should or shouldn't do. So I was wondering, throughout the whole history of our podcast, because Vulcans are going to be there, how many times you're going to side with T'Pol and other Vulcan characters in the things they say, just because they are logical and make fucking sense. Same way that previously I could see the point of Archer trying to get to the ship to help. Um, I don't agree that he, they should have gone down to the planet. There are so many things that they don't know just from being above it, like the weather. They just arrived there. They don't even know how long the night cycle and the the day cycle are. You just don't know anything about the planet. Sure, it has oxygen and nitrogen, so you can breathe in without needing a suit. But like you don't know if there are earthquakes every three minutes. You don't know anything about the planet. So yes, I did want to mention that I think you're going to side with Topol in this series and generally Balkans mm -hmm. because you are more logical. And I would like to see how we differ in that aspect as well. Okay. Are we going to keep a scoreboard? Should we? I think we should. We'll set up a like spreadsheet. Yes. Separate teams. Episode yeah. three. We are with Topol. I side with Topol. She did not make any mistakes this episode. God bless her soul. No, she was she absolutely played a perfect game, MVP. <laughs> Archer was just reckless. Absolutely reckless. Yes. Um and I think yes. I, I think it kind of makes sense because obviously this is Starfleet's first journey of exploration. So they're obviously not gonna be perfect. But you would think from even just history of exploration on Earth. Yeah. We might have learned a few things about going to new lands, <laughs> you know, being wary of bringing over like diseases or ruining ecosystems. But uh, no, gotta take some pictures, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I did love the baseball caps. I don't know if they're gonna come back, but I think this is the only Star Trek ship that has their own baseball caps and I think they should have kept them. I wanna see I wanna see Picard and with a baseball cap. I wanna see Kirk with a baseball cap. <laughs> oh, Maybe you know I would pay for William Shatner as he slouches in his chair. That would be amazing. Uh I don't remember them coming back. Maybe they do. I don't recall. Hmm. The only thing weird about them was that they said it was like the ship number it wasn't it mm -hmm. didn't say enterprise it said nx01 and it's like just put enterprise on it that was my yeah, only cap criticism cap no cap um be paying a visit she's uh she's commenting on the cap as well um the cap. the cap or the captain i don't think the captain is doing much for you to like him no he's not um <laughs> I just really didn't like him in this episode. Yeah. Even when he's back on the ship and Reed enters his cabin with some news and he throws him a ball and it's like, oh, you're one of those. You know, just kind of overly enthusiastic, overly friendly, 
he's gone down in my estimations after this episode. Yes. So he's got a lot of work to do in the next episode to win me back over. I can see why. He was very annoying this episode. As a person. <laughs> and he never once apologized. No. And he said, someone might have claim on it. We don't want to go waltzing into their backyard. Mm-hmm. That's what he says when he's on the ship before any shuttle shuttles are going anywhere. Yeah. And I think it shows that he learned from the other ship experience. And he's like, okay, wait, maybe make sure there's no no one here. However, he immediately contradicts himself by just fucking going anyway. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, I kind of... God, I don't want to be defending Archer here. I can't believe you've put me in this position. But, I mean, they do when they learn that there isn't a claim on the planet, mm-hmm. I I think it is fair game. I think they're within their right to explore and stake a claim. I just think they should have done the seven-day scans on the planet first okay. before waltzing in. Okay. I don't necessarily have a problem with them actually going to the planet. It's just ignoring protocol. I'm a fan of protocol. I like protocols. I mean, there are no protocols. They are Vulcan protocols. Well, this is what I was thinking, because as I was watching and getting angry about this in my head, I was thinking, but in other series, like Next Generation, they obviously go to new planets for the first time. And like they definitely don't show them spending seven days scanning and carrying out these protocols. But my headcanon here, until proven otherwise, is that they actually do do the appropriate scans and protocols, but their technology is better, so it doesn't take seven days, and it probably more takes seven minutes. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept that. I think Starfleet definitely does learn, and I would hope that we see Enterprise learn from this experience. I expect the next New Planet episode to be a two-parter. And the first part of them just waiting on the ship for seven days while they do the scans. <laughs> and then the second part is them actually going down to the, to the planet. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to get what you want. But yeah, I, I can accept your headcanon of they actually give two sheets about what's going on on the planet before going down to it. And they just don't bother showing it because... It's boring. I don't know. Yeah. Like scans are not interesting to watch. I don't think I don't think they are, no. There was a quote that I wanted to bring up as well. And it's not Go necessarily ahead. that I wanted your opinion on it, although now that I think about it, maybe there is some discussion to be had on it. Okay. Because I thought it was probably one of the funniest. Star Trek has this... Star Trek does nothing to do comedy, but occasionally they do kind of throw in a comedy moment or a comedy beat. And I always enjoy when they do that, especially when it works. I actually don't know if this was an intended comedy beat and i'd love your opinion on it but i genuinely laughed out loud when archer and reed are talking to the guy who's not in the cavern whose name i can't pronounce ethan is his first name we'll go yes, with ethan right ethan. Um, and they're trying to reason with him and he just yells out go to hell <laughs> who's there who is that this is captain archer we're attempting to land i want you to get back to the cavern go to hell <laughs> I was like, um, yes, I don't. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know if that was intended to be a comedic thing because it's in the middle of like a, a dramatic thing, right? Like he's paranoid and he feels like he's being chased and he's in the middle of a storm. 
But it was very funny. It was hilarious. Like, hey, Ethan, are you fine? Go to fucking hell. Rotting hell, yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine him waking up from, from sick bay and being like, so what happened? And the captain being like, you told me to go to hell. What was his speciality? So basically their team, because obviously Trip is an engineer, so I don't know why he goes. Mayweather is a pilot. I don't know why he goes. Captain obviously goes just because he wants to be in the pictures. Paul is a science officer. Absolutely fair she goes. She takes a bug expert, because apparently there's loads of bugs, even though we only see one. And she takes this guy, Ethan. Is it ever mentioned what his speciality is, or is he just there to tell the captain to go to hell? Um, so, obviously, Paul and Cutler have to be there, I think. It's a mm -hmm. reconnaissance mission, so they should be there. Mayweather is the pilot of the shuttle. Ah, yes. That it makes, makes sense that he goes. But then, okay, so I remember in Star Trek, I think it's one of the remake movies, that they're like, I don't know who was to whom, but basically the, the gist of it was that you can't go because then the ship stays without a command. Like if the captain goes, the science officer goes, and the second in command goes, like everyone that could take command of the vessel if something were to happen is down on the planet. And Archer is there, T'Pol is there, and then Trip is there. So the next in command would be your favorite Reed. I was literally just thinking, do you know who's not there? Yeah. Archer completely just, again, as I said, he's just completely reckless. Once his photo as the first captain of a Starfleet to show back home or whatever. Mm -hmm. He even brings his dog and Porthos. <laughs> yeah, so what I was saying... It doesn't make sense that Archer is there. I think he just wanted to go out of the ship. Get out of there. And oh, then he's, he's definitely just there for the photo opportunity. Yeah. And then Trip, I think it's kind of the same. They were like, oh, let's get out of here. Um, because you don't need an engineer for an empty planet. And there is no indications that the shuttle is going to suffer any damage from the ship to the planet, so you shouldn't need an engineer. But they're besties, and they're just hanging out, okay? Yeah. And then uh, Ethan, honestly, I don't know, because we are introduced to him with Cutler at the beginning of the episode when they are eating, and it is mentioned that she's a bug expert, but I don't think it is mentioned what he is. I'm looking it up. Good. Yeah, here we go, okay. Uh, Novakovich. So, he is a crewman, second class, assigned to the science division. And I'm not going to read any more because there'll be spoilers. Okay. You're just a science person. Yeah. Absolute legend. Amazing. <laughs> I hope we see more of him under hallucinogenics. That's what I want. Do you want just Star Trek Navokovich? And it's a show about him. Yes. Star Trek Navokovich. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I want. Where basically every episode, he gets exposed to a new hallucinogenic drug and it ends with him yelling go to hell <laughs> that's his catchphrase go to hell yeah i think that would be that would be so hilarious he's tra he's transferred from one starfleet ship to the next because he keeps yelling go to hell to all the captains yeah yeah he keeps getting high and just abusing the captain him <laughs> <laughs> Back to just the episode, I really liked, and again, this is because we talked about this before, that they kind of 
throw in these little tidbits about how the origins of certain things and i really like that in this episode we get to know what m-class planets are Mm -hmm. because i had always wondered what does the m stand for and now we know it's minshara which is a planet suitable for humanoid life and i like that little tidbit yeah it's very interesting um i think as well this is the first canonically or chronologically sorry this is the first vulcan pinch what's the name for it the nerve vulcan pinch. pinch nerve pinch i think yeah she does on yeah is it just called the nerve pinch i think so let oh, me check i thought there was like a vulcan name for it yes it's the vulcan nerve pinch okay so i mean i don't think there's really anything else i wanted to discuss in this episode i think we've touched on everything i don't know if you have anything else you wanted to mention just one thing and okay. i do want your opinion as a straight man okay about this we did talk about the suits the first episode i think mm-hmm. but seeing them out in the open they really do nothing for them like they don't even have an ass it's just suit however to paul because she's not starfleet Where's that tight suit, um, cat suit, or whatever it's called? Mm-hmm. And I did want your opinion on it. On her ass. On her everything. <laughs> like, what are your opinions on Topol's physical appearance? And your opinion on, because she's not a Starfleet officer, that she gets to wear, like, she could wear anything, right? Like, she could wear anything, and she chooses that listen she knows what she got and she knows how to use it oh i mean yeah definitely i kind of assumed though that she was wearing a uniform a vulcan uniform then i would have to talk to the to the vulcans because what kind of uniform is so tight well this i mean the starfleet uniforms are also tight they're just not as flattering but she wears it in every episode so i assume she's not just wearing the same ming and clothes i assumed it was a uniform I mean, it probably is, but like, what kind of uniform for a science officer that is supposed to like be comfortable and safe is a a, leot- a full body leotard that perfectly stops underneath her boobs just to make them pop, and her ass like, listen, this woman is beautiful. She is beautiful. She's got a perfect body. And if I had her body, I would probably wear the same thing every day, <laughs> even to just go and buy bread. But like, we're talking about Vulcans here. They are not emotional beings. So they're they're not going to put their female scientists wearing the, is the male uniform that? Because I know, I, I know I've never seen a dick like that. They're not marked that way. <laughs> Um, well, we definitely saw her superiors in the first episode, and they definitely weren't wearing that. So what is it? What's the deal? I don't know. Maybe, maybe she, maybe is she deliberately wearing that because she knows humans are emotional? Maybe, maybe she's just toying with her. I don't know. That's what I said. She knows what she got, and she's not afraid to use it. She's like, oh, so yeah. I like, I like me some human on this trip. I still haven't decided which human I want, but let's just... I mean, she's decided. We both know she's decided, Andrea. I mean, this episode left it quite clear. Something about splitting me in two. You know in shows when, or like in fiction in general, when one of the two romantic interests is somehow 
forgot that they confessed their love or like they kissed or whatever they forget and then the other person is like damn they forgot that was my chance she was like fuck that fuck that he's not forgetting he threatened to split me up in two and i'm i'm coming to collect yeah i'm here for it i'm holding him to that (laughs) yeah he she's holding him all right yeah so yeah that was so funny because she could have easily been like not mentioned anything Oh, she could have just said, like, oh, you threatened me, you pointed a, a gun at me. But, like, yeah. she was like, something about splitting me in two. I emoji. There's this conflict between her and the other humans. And there's definitely, I think, a part of her that enjoys it. Of course. And she enjoys trolling them. Yeah, I think she just enjoys pissing off the captain. And being the one who's like, that's not what the Vulcans would do. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. I guess after every mission, there is like a briefing, right? Like, okay, so this happened and this shouldn't have happened. And like, so I imagine her being there with the captain on the briefing and being like, I fucking told you so, bitch. I'm very annoyed that we didn't get the captain apologizing because it was all his fault. And even if like Ethan had died... The doctor was feeling really bad because he didn't do that test on time. And the captain, like, gave him a look at the end as if he was going to say something. And it's like, dude, you sent him down without doing the proper scans. What do you expect? He's going to get infected or inhale something that's not meant for human consumption. Yeah. And also, I think just my last thing to add regarding what you just said with Flux. I really like him as a doctor and as a character. I think he's very funny. Like, he's a comedic relief. and. He's also, like, a good... Like, he cares about the crew, right? He's not there just to annoy people like Topolis. Yeah. And I think, as we talked about in previous episodes, that Flox didn't know exactly how to deal with Hoshi being paranoid about her abilities to be there. Archer did not deal with Flox's guilt. I am not a medical officer of any degree. Like, I'm not a doctor or a nurse or anything. But I can only imagine how guilty he felt when he could have done a test, but there was no... Like, it is as if I go to the doctor and they try me for cancer and I don't have any other symptom to show that it could be any other thing and then I die from, like, a cold. You know, like, it's Mm. not their fault that they didn't check for it if there wasn't any indications that that could be something that could happen. And that is... I am very sympathetic of him because it's like if he died i think archer could have possibly blamed him when it wasn't his fault because if you don't know what pathogens there are in a planet you don't know what to look for when you are doing tests so it is ultimately archer's fault that he didn't follow to paul's advice of let's test just because there is oxygen and nitrogen doesn't mean that there aren't things in the air that could be bad for us or like like Imagine if we have aliens on top of our planet and they're like, oh, it's nitrogen and oxygen. We can go down. And then they just beam down to the middle of fucking Madrid and it's so polluted with shit in the air and they die. It's like, yeah, just because the air is composed by oxygen and nitrogen doesn't mean that there aren't any other things that could be bad for you. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about Flux and give him like a pat on the shoulder like you're you're doing great, baby. You're dealing with a species that is not your own, with a captain that doesn't give two shits about what's going on on the planet, and then he also, like, kind of shames you into not doing 
a random test? Like, do you have to run every test on everyone all the time? Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see where Flux goes and what happens with his character because he's not Starfleet, right? He was just I don't a think so. Doctor who was on Earth happened to be looking after that Klingon, and the captain brought him along. So he doesn't actually have to be on that mission, and there's nothing from stopping him from saying, "Just drop me off the next planet with civilization, and I'll be on my way." So I'm hoping that proves to be an interesting dynamic. Um, yeah, no, I I don't think he is Starfleet. You think he is Starfleet? No, I don't think he is. Oh, no, I don't think he is, no. Um, so, again, completely reckless to go on a mission of space exploration without bringing a doctor who has to be your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh, maybe not the main chief doctor, but like a nurse. Yeah, he doesn't have a very big medical crew, it seems. I mean, he doesn't, but... With the newer ones and the original series, the main doctor that we always see is Bones. And you see yeah. uh, nurses around, but I don't think there is ever, or maybe there is a, a time where one of them is introduced, but like it's not a, it's not a thing like that we know many nurses or medical personnel. No, it's not. I think in later series, you do kind of get a hint of more medical staff but I think, yeah, in general, that they just tend to focus on the one leading doctor. I think maybe for a ship with so many people, more than one doctor should be needed. Like a main doctor. Like two or three main doctors. <laughs> there should be two or three fluxes, <laughs> I think. Yeah, because they mentioned on this episode, uh, they probably have mentioned it before, but I noticed on this one that there's 82 crew, and I feel like one doctor for 82 people isn't a lot. Yeah. Uh, like if there was a, say, pandemic uh, or something, that's a lot to handle. Yeah. And what if he gets sick or dies? Exactly. Or what if he's just sleeping? Yeah. Or eating or shitting or showering. Surely there has to be a doctor on, like, another doctor always available. Right. Because, you know, they work in shifts. I don't think we ever meet anyone in this series. Spoiler, but I don't think we do. Oh. God damn it, Andrea, because I was, I was really looking forward to meeting the mysterious second doctor, <laughs> whoever they may be. But I do like Flux, and I think what I like about him most, and I think you might appreciate this as a linguist, is I like he's a very good voice, and he's very good enunciation. Yes, he does have a nice voice. He has, so I think it is like him, the actor that has the way of speaking that is like loop-sided. Loops and he has a little bit of a lisp, but it's not annoying, I don't think. It's cute, it's endearing, it fits the character. Yeah. So, yeah, I I do like Flux in general. Great character design. Making the Doctor and the science officer not human, amazing. Great decision. Yeah, it is. And it makes, um, I hope, certainly in Flux's terms, it allows for more interesting kind of storytelling down the line, because obviously he's not used to human anatomy. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, interesting question, Andrea. No, <laughs> I don't think there is anything I want to say on this episode. Because as I mentioned earlier, it's a pretty straightforward basic yeah. Star Trek episode. There's nothing too complicated. There's not even anything too sci-fi about it. I mean, yeah, the CGI was awful. But yeah, it, it's yeah. going to continue being awful, so it's not a mention, a, a thing worth mentioning. Yeah, no, I've accepted that. and. 
Uh, I'm also aware that we still have to reach the original series where they didn't even have CGI. Uh, that was the thing. <laughs> and that'll be fun. I did enjoy speaking of the CGI and like the effects for the kind of creepiness. I obviously didn't, you know, the effects of people coming out of rocks or fish swimming along rocks didn't work well. But I think the first few instances of Mayweather, like seeing the crew, the other crew members in the bushes, I found that genuinely creepy. The first time I watched it, I remember thinking, ooh. So yeah, that was a bit creepy. And I think that's all we have to say on that episode of Star Trek. This has been Pod Me Up Scotty. You can email us on podmeupscotty at gmail.com and you can also follow us on our socials at podmeupscotty. It's on Instagram, TikTok and uh, Twitter. We will be back next week with episode four, Unexpected. Um, And we will talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Scotty, come in. Nak cock a bitch. Cock a bitch. Oh my god, not cock a bitch.